Welcome to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my wonderful friend and co-host Ananga Sivir. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll be sharing the Ayurveda for Your Health and Well-Being series as a lead-in to our brand new course, Seven Keys to Calming Anxiety with Ayurveda, that will be available on September 6th. Welcome back, Ananga. Hey, Shen. It's so good to be with you and to be so close to this new course offering and really digging into Ayurveda in a way that we haven't been able to do so over the last several years. So I'm grateful that we're in this and doing this and creating this for all of our Anxiety Slayer community. Yeah, something we get asked a lot about, where do I get started with Ayurveda? Where can I find out more? How can I apply it to my life? And of course, this is the Anxiety Slayer podcast. So we've gone very uh, closely to Ayurveda for anxiety relief. So not too technical, really easy to understand and easy to start feeling the benefits. And this week, we're going to start with part one of Ayurveda for your health and well-being. We'll go through some excellent information for you to dig into, and then we'll follow up the series with part two next week. And that will be happening at the same time that we launch the brand new course. Let's begin our conversation today with what is Ayurveda? Ayurveda is the ancient science of life. It's often called India's ancient science of life. And although the name might sound unfamiliar, the teachings of Ayurveda are all based on the laws of nature and soon feel very comfortable and intuitive as you start to learn more about your individual nature and you learn how and why certain foods, environments, climates, habits, seasons, everything make you feel better or worse. So for me, the wonderful thing about Ayurveda is it honors our individual nature, helps us understand ourselves better and those around us, our loved ones and the people we're working with and interacting with. And when you think about Ayurveda, just think of it this way. It's a natural system of healing for your mind and body. I find that so appealing. So I know sometimes it's like Ayurveda. I remember almost 14 years ago, Ananga, when you were teaching me how to say Ayurveda properly. Like I can remember where I was sitting in the chair learning about it. And having been a practitioner now all these years, I'm so grateful that I know about this natural system of healing for the body and mind and that I have proof that it's very supportive and, and you've been at it much longer than I have. So let's take our shared experience and study and dive into the next part of what we want to share today. Yeah, I think the, the wonderful thing about Ayurveda is it's so personally relevant. For me, that's been the great solace and help I've experienced with it. There's a nice quote from one of the ancient texts, the Charaka Samhita, is one of the oldest and most important writings on Ayurveda. It's thousands of years old. And it says, the body and that which is called the mind are both considered to be the abodes of disease and likewise of well-being. The cause of well-being is their harmonious interaction. So in Ayurveda, the body and mind are seen as inseparable. They're woven in together. Any challenge with our health involves both our body and our mind, and any steps we take towards our well-being involve both our body and our mind. This was a really important 
discovery for me. As a child, a doctor once told me something I was experiencing was all in my mind and it really disturbed me. I felt like I was being accused of making something up, something that felt very real to me, something that had very physical sensations in my body. And I just felt like I was being told it was all in my head. I think these days we speak about these things much more openly and and compassionately. But as a child growing up in the 70s, that wasn't the case. And some years later, when I was experiencing definite physical symptoms of fatigue, muscle pain, absolute exhaustion, I went to see my doctor and he said, some people would say you have ME, but I don't believe in it. So I'm saying you're depressed. Mm. And I was really blown away by that. At that time, my body was definitely failing, but I was full of enthusiasm and motivation for my life. I was in good mental shape, although I was beginning to feel a little worn down by what was happening physically. And that just made me feel like I had no place to go. The um, treatment, I was so-called treatment I was receiving, it had no relevance to my experience and it made me feel really helpless. As I grew up, I consistently felt that I was expected to be more functional in a mechanical kind of way, like ticking over efficiently, mm. keep going, you just keep going, don't feel too much, don't say too much. And that only added to my suffering. That's really not my nature. So when I started studying Ayurveda, I found great relief in this understanding of the body and mind relationship, how they work together, how different people feel differently about different things, how different foods affect different people, how some people love the heat, how some people can't tolerate the heat. It's all there and this honoring, deep honoring and understanding of our individual nature. It's like this beautiful support of autonomy. So instead of worrying about myself and that I didn't tick over as expected, I started discovering my nature, discovering myself and how to work to support myself. So for me, that's been the exploration of Ayurveda, learning over the years more and more about myself, uh, my friends, my loved ones, and this beautiful science of life that's very relatable to and very alive. And what I love about Ayurveda is that the mind-body connection isn't taught as a negative thing. It's actually very honoring and very compassionate and comes with a wealth of teachings about how we can support our bodies and minds to bring as much balance to each other as we possibly can. And that also, there's no good or bad body type. There's no judgment. It's that unique nature with its strengths and abilities and the learning of when we're out of balance, what we need to do and how we can care for ourselves, how we can look after ourselves physically and mentally, all related back to our constitution or dosha. It's just fascinating to me. Yeah, and every dosha has its gifts. Mm -hmm. And every dosha has its challenges. For me, continuing to, to learn and live with Ayurveda, it feels like a beautiful insight into how to do the very best you can with the cards you've been dealt. Mm. Yes. And to honor the cards you've been dealt, to be happy being you and to know your skill sets, your potentials. We have potentials we can discover that we've yet to bring into our lives, yet to activate. We have challenges 
that we can look at and support and make them less challenging. We can turn them into teachings. We can turn them into benefits. And it all just comes from this understanding of this incredible blueprint of how we all work, but with individuality. And for me, that's so important as an antidote to mental suffering is that we are honored as individuals, that everyone has autonomy. As Edith Eager, one of my favorite psychologists says, you be you and I be me. And we come together where we meet and we respect each other, but we're individuals. Hmm. And the way that we learn and Ayurveda teaches us how to turn toward balance with our lifestyle, with our diet, with our natural remedies, all of the things that you and I share over and over and over as we come together for this podcast. There's something that comes through that's so obvious and sometimes elusive is that we have to follow the law of nature. That's something that Dr. Vasant Ladd is quoted as saying. And I know he's been a, a teacher of yours for, for many, many years and teaches to, to follow the laws of nature. We have to know them and understand how they apply to us, beginning with understanding the five elements earth, water, fire, air, and ether, and how they combine in us and everything around us. Yeah. And again, it's not complex. Sometimes there's some terminology that we feel might be a little unfamiliar. And in the course, we've really tried to keep that to a minimum and keep everything as, as relatable as possible. It's very simple. You know, if we have a fiery nature and we're eating fiery foods, chili, we're drinking alcohol, we're staying up late, we're getting riled up, it's going to increase the fire in us. It's very straightforward. And sometimes we're so mystified, we might have acid indigestion, heartburn, and continue eating chili pizza late at night. And then we have this burning pain in our stomach. But that's why <laughs> mm -hmm. the stomach has too much fire and we're bringing more fire in our diet. We might be bringing more fire emotionally. And then we start to get this rollover of symptoms and suffering physically, emotionally. We can cause suffering to those around us when we're running too hot. So it's really starting to look at these five elements that are in everything. They're in our food, our climate, our mind our body, these are the building blocks of nature. And looking at that and understanding, you know, how much earth is in my mind? How much fire is in my mind? How do I express this? How do I respond to that? It's really fascinating. And I've yet to meet somebody that doesn't want to know more about themselves, not necessarily in an egotistical way, just in that wonderful quest of discovery. Sure, better understanding better understanding, and then a better quality of life. After the quick break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the five elements and then roll into a conversation about the doshas. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you've experienced racing thoughts that can take over your mind. And while it can be challenging to make those thoughts stop, Talking through what's on your mind can be a big help. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online 
designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Slayer today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Slayer. Let's dig into the five elements just a little bit deeper. Ayurveda recognizes and teaches that there are five key elements, which it calls the pancha mahabhutas. Punch means five, maha means great, and bhuta means element. So these five great elements that make up everything in us and in our world around us. And they are earth, water, fire, air, and ether. As you look at that, you can see they go from the most solid, and what Ayurveda would call gross earth, right up to ether, which is the most subtle, clear and subtle. And these five elements form our body type, our mind type. They're the makeup of our food, our climate, environment. Everything is made up from varying combinations of the five elements. And these elements combine to form the three primary doshas, energies or body types that you may have heard mentioned in Ayurveda. And the three doshas are vata, pitta, and kapha. And understanding the interplay of these elements and doshas is the core teaching of Ayurveda. So it all comes down to understanding these five elements, where they live, how they act, and how they affect us and the world around us. What I've found is the more that you learn about Ayurveda and the more that you can identify your own dosha, you start to see the doshas in the people that you love and in your friends and the people that you partner with out in the world. And the elements tie in so beautifully. If, if you have somebody that you know that is primarily vata, then you're going to see a lot of space and air in that, in that person. You're going to understand how those elements make sense there. Same thing with pitta, the fire and water that comes with pitta. And later on, we talk about how even these people look, their bodies, their eyes, their hair, their skin. And then there's kapha, water and earth. And again, it's about this understanding of the interplay that all of these elements have with the vata, pitta, and kapha doshas. Yeah, it's really fascinating, and it gives us such deeper insights. For me, it's brought a lot of peace and harmony and understanding in my relationships, a lot of humor. For sure. <laughs> yeah, you can start to see really like subtle nuances in people's like. Vata has a particular wacky, creative, often random sense of humor. And Pitta might be more observant in their humor or sarcastic. If they're a little out of balance, they can be quite cutting and sarcastic. But it's really interesting to see how these elements go into the doshas and go into all areas of our life. My daughter used to work in retail for a period of time. And she's grown up with Ayurveda, so she would stand at the back of the shop in a shop where they were expected to approach everyone and try and make a sale. And she would analyze the dosha of the person coming through the door of the shop and decide whether it was worth approaching them or not, <laughs> or how to approach them according to just looking at their frame 
mm-hmm. which revealed their body type as they came through the door. And she did really well with that and uh, dodged some tricky customers and made some good sales. Just from that extra information of taking a look at how people are, are made up when they came into the store. So these doshas are known as our prakriti, our constitution. Everyone has a unique combination of elements and doshas. So it's like a palette. It sounds like there's only three, but there's only three primary colors too. And when we mix primary colors, we get great variety of color. Mm. So vata governs the energy of movement in the body. All movement is governed by vata. Blinking, speaking, any movement in the body is governed by vata. Pitta is the energy of metabolism or transformation. It transforms our food into the substances that our body can can use. It breaks everything down and transforms it into the building blocks of the tissues of our body. And kapha is the energy of structure. It's the framework of the body. People of a kapha constitution usually have a solid frame, smooth, large joints, you know, solid, sturdy body type. And kapha is the glue that holds things together in the body. It brings cohesion structure. And the tree dosha, the three dosha theory of Ayurveda states that our health is maintained when these doshas are in a state of balance. And we experience challenges in our health and in our mind where there's imbalance. And Ayurveda aims to identify those imbalances and teaches us, educates us, and supports us in restoring balance through various treatments and lifestyle adjustments how we sleep, how we speak, how we exercise, what we eat, how we're running our mind. We have so much opportunity for input into our own health and our own well-being, which is another area that I really love about Ayurveda, this beautiful opportunity to really look after our body and look after our mind and not feel passive. It's a very proactive way of living. And Ayurveda helps us get back to natural living or a return to natural living. Most of us are living so far from the laws of nature. That's when we get in trouble. That's when we get sick. That's when we go sideways and we don't know why. It comes as a shock to most people because our intuition gets buried under that constant pushing and striving and sucking up, right? Pushing through. The three doshas that form our individual makeup carry the principles of the elements that form our universe and the world around us. So when you think about how important that is, if you know that, you start to understand how important it is to visit the water, to go out and get your bare feet on the ground, to protect your ears if it's a really, really windy day to oil up in the winter, all of these things that we, that we learn how to support ourselves and so that we don't get buried, that, so that we're not pushing through, but we're respecting the elements. We are made of the elements of nature. And once we understand this, we can start learning about habits and practices and foods that best support our mental and physical health. You mentioned earlier when you were talking about the Pitta constitution and, and people who um, our pitta, who also likes spicy foods and 
alcohol and staying up late. And I thought you were talking about me in my 30s. (laughs) (laughs) I can remember going to the doctor and and wondering, you know, what was going on with the, the heartburn that I had at the time and going through tests and all this stuff. Anyway, I changed my diet, changed my just made better choices for my body, and I haven't had those issues in many, many moons. But um, there it is. It was so obvious, although at the time I didn't know how obvious it was. It's obvious now. Yeah, because we're not living with that deeper intuition or even just a basic understanding. Right. It came as quite a surprise to me. Many years ago, I had an iced coffee in, it was October, it was a cold autumn going into winter, and I got really sick. I got a cold. My body was so congested, and I realized, oh, that's too cold for me. Yeah. I can't do that anymore. When I was younger, my body would tolerate. That doesn't mean we're not putting it under a little duress. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we say we're tolerating something, but there's a little clenching when we say it. Mm. <laughs> it's not always so easy. So, you know, at that point, my body was saying, you can't do this to me anymore. You can't give me freezing cold drinks in the autumn. And I went through a spell where I had to really, really look at what I was eating in the autumn and winter. I would get so congested because there's a fair component of kapha to my makeup. And I couldn't shift it. I would get so congested, nauseous. I'd get these colds that I couldn't move. And I had to really look at that, learn about it, and make some changes. And for years, I haven't had that experience repeat. Mm because I had the help to make the necessary adjustments. So that was me learning on the go with Ayurveda. And my herbalist friend, Sebastian Pohl, pointed out to me what was happening was in my early days and, and helped me understand and change course. And as he said to me, you know, he said, your stomach has too much kapha, it's too cold and damp in your stomach. I was like, oh, of course. It feels so awful when we've got that and it seems unmovable. But as I started drinking ginger tea, some changes to my diet, my lifestyle, keeping warm, keeping active, it all corrected itself quite quickly, never to return. So there's this beautiful, simple wisdom, living wisdom in Ayurveda that we can all tap into. And when it comes to learning how to calm our nerves and our mind, which is what we're really exploring in this new course, that for me has been life-changing. It's brought me such a a wealth of information of how to feel more calm, more positive, more settled, and how to take better care of my mind. And that's just been an amazing help to me in my life, which is why we're sharing and why we do what we do, to try and help as many people as we can feel more calm and more positive and and more present in their life rather than feeling like we're just hanging on to this roller coaster experience or or that we're expected to have a switch on the back of our head that we can just flick off and just keep functioning like a robot. Mm-hmm. It's not a good way to live and it just doesn't feel good. Yeah, Ayurveda is very empowering, is what I've found. Is that oh, okay, I can I can switch this, I can make one better choice today. And that's going to serve my mind and body well. And what, what additional choice can I make tomorrow? What else can I look at? Right now, uh, I have a, a smoothie that I drink all summer long. That's pretty much what I have for morning and afternoon. But as we move into the cooler 
temperatures of fall and winter, I know I need to change that up based on the story you were just telling. I need, I need to, to warm that up and, and make a different choice. And I wouldn't have known that before studying Ayurveda and practicing Ayurveda. Ayurveda is about nourishment on all levels so that we can be well and so that we have energy and peace of mind to look into the deeper meaning of life. In our new course, Seven Keys to Calming Anxiety with Ayurveda, you'll learn more about supporting your individual nature, nutrition to calm your nerves, and you'll be able to follow along with our guided practices for peace of mind. You can get the new course on September 6th at anxietyslayer.teachable.com, and we will be offering a special $20 discount for all new course participants. So be looking for that offer in your inbox as the sale will begin on September 6th. And this course is fantastic. And Ananga, thank you so much for all of your energy and creativity that you put into Seven Keys to Calming Anxiety with Ayurveda.